0: Hello, and welcome to Episode 8 of the God Cells Podcast. I'm Eric Marola, the Director of the God Cells. Today, I speak with Mike and Ashley, parents of Jax, a four-year-old boy with autism, who has been treated with fetal stem cells at MCell in September of 2019. This podcast and the previous podcast with Amanda in Episode 7 relate to one another, because in 2019, both families were there at the same time both having their young sons treated at M-Cell for autism. If you or someone you know has an autistic child and is interested in seeking fetal stem cell therapy, I advise listening to both this podcast with Mike and Ashley and episode seven with Amanda. This therapy generally takes up to three months to show improvements, and I was delighted to get reports from both families of significant, noticeable cognitive improvements in both children as these conversations were recorded at right about the three-month mark. Also, I'm still reviewing people for The Open Call for Americans Living with Type 2 Diabetes. If you qualify and agree to allow me to follow and film you for my new documentary, you could receive M-Cell's therapy completely for free. Email me at eric at com. That's eric at ericmerola.com. Also, if you are simply interested in going to M-Cell in Kiev, Ukraine, and Wish to be there while I am there. I will be there in April, May, and possibly June of 2020, and again in the fall. Exact dates aren't set yet. Just email me at eric at ericmerola.com to be alerted of when I will be there if you wanted to coordinate going while I am also there. No different than how Amanda, Mike, and Ashley were there when I was there, it makes for a nicer experience to have others there while I am also there. Everyone makes new friends, and since I know the city and the process so well by now, I'm happy to answer all the questions you might have. Also, MCEL has a brand new state of the art clinic that opened up in November of 2019. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Mike and Ashley. Hello. Hello, it's Eric. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Good. Awesome. I just love it fresh, like that we haven't spoken at all since September. Yeah. So, okay. Um, So, you're both on the line, or? Uh, Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. Busy as always, but um, I'm juggling another documentary. I think I told you I was headed to Catalonia last time I was there. I was in Belgium and Catalonia and Andorra, <laughs> so that was like in four countries, five countries if you count my home country. Last time I saw you, yeah. <laughs> oh my <goodness>. I know. <laughs> anyway, back to you guys. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to let you guys talk.
1: Um, I mean, I guess we can just start at the beginning, right? So I guess we this whole thing started just I guess in, initially me using Google, mm-hmm. uh, always looking for something else for Jackson for his autism. I think I've Googled and looked at so many different things and so many different options for his for treatments for him that I don't even remember exactly how I came across your movie, mm-hmm. uh, The God Cell. Um, but that's how we initially got on this. And then I think we spoke before about how I had initially contacted with the other company in California.
0: Yeah. You remember the- Stem Cell does- of America. Yes, yeah, un- yes unfortunately I think you know Amanda took her son Matt there and got no results which isn't surprising but yeah go ahead
1: yeah, yeah so I don't know I, I didn't get a good vibe from it initially I called and someone answered as if it was like their cell phone mm-hmm. like just said hello so <laughs> um, and I wasn't thrilled with like going to Tijuana and that kind of stuff and it was actually more money than MCL, mm-hmm. um in Ukraine so that's where we went from there and then this, is, this, is, this is, I don't know. It didn't sound right.
2: And they wanted half the money up
1: front. Yes, half the money up front. They only accepted cash mm-hmm. um, or a uh, cashier's check, I think, or a money order, one or the
0: other. You, you trusted your instinct, and uh, I'm happy that you did. Um, it's sort of, you know, they depend on, like I said in my podcast with Amanda, people going, oh, well, you know, Tijuana is so much closer, and it also says fetal stem cells on the site. So why don't we do that?
1: Yeah. They reached out and left me a couple of voicemails like afterwards after i had said like I- i'll get back to you kind of thing trying to get back in touch with me so that's when I, I i sent you an email i think originally and you got back to me and we're like i hope you didn't already go to the other place luckily we didn't and i think we had like a tentative date already set up to go there yeah okay. in october and you were like well i'm going in september so we changed our date to go with you
0: so yeah, we flew out of JFK on 9/11, which wasn't cool. But oh wow, uh, you flew out of JFK yeah. on September the 11th. Wow, that yeah, must have been yeah. freaky. I never yeah. thought about that. What that must be like for uh, airline passengers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Was, okay. Uh, weird. Wow.
1: And obviously, out, the whole idea, the whole thing was outside, way outside of our our wheelhouse. I mean, to just take one. We have another child also who's uh, two years old who stayed behind with uh, my in-laws. Um, so for us to, like, travel across the world, essentially, for a treatment that I don't want to say we don't know anything about, but, I mean, nobody, I feel like nobody really knows a ton about it. So it was it was pretty crazy for us, I guess. It was um, a long flight there. We got there. I, everything was Pretty neat. Um so we, we got off the plane right away. There was a guy there holding a sign like with our name on it. So there was no hesit- no question, like where do I go? It's like right when you kinda got off, you knew where to go, you got on the bus. That's actually where we met Amanda for the first time mm-hmm. with her son on the it was like a, a bus that took you from the where the plane landed to the airport, but uh we kinda lost contact and didn't see each other again. Either way, we got through the airport, it was pretty painless, and then, like I said, we got uh, out of security, and someone had a sign with our name on it, and... Uh, went straight to him. He spoke English, um, took us, took all our bags and us, um, straight to the car. We got in the, in the car and drove 30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. or something. It wasn't bad, a ride. But for us, I think if we could change things, we would probably would have flip-flopped it. So we wound up, what, basically what happened was we wound up losing an entire night's sleep. So when we had landed, it was like 6, six 7 o'clock in the morning, Ukraine time.
2: But it was the but, middle of the night. But it was the middle of the
1: night at home, and we had not gone to sleep yet. And we went directly to the clinic for treat for day one of treatment. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, So yeah, we yeah. were, like, awake for, like, 24 <laughs> hours at this plus at this point. <laughs> so, and, of course, Jackson
2: didn't sleep on the plane. Yeah, Jackson. slept, yeah. like, an hour.
1: But, um, so, you know, either way, we get to the um, facility, and I don't think we were worried at all. I mean, it seemed pretty clean. Every, everything looked clean. Um, everyone was professional. There were translators there to explain, like, everything they were doing the whole time. When I say flip-flop, we probably – so we felt like we were – we had too much downtime at the end because we we were – day two of treatment, we were done by like 11 o'clock in the morning, Ukraine time, and our flight was not leaving until the following day. And we were like – I would have almost been rather been rushing out than rushing in
0: because we were like – I mean we were dead tired that first day. It so. is, it is brutal. I mean, um, you know, I've done it a lot. We sometimes, cause I also, my wife's family lives in Eastern Europe. So it's like, sometimes we'll go somewhere else and chill for a few days just to get adjusted and then head over there. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, it's, it's intense. You think when you're leaving, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be fine. And you just, yeah,
1: well, I was struggling um, to stay awake. Yeah. It
2: wasn't bad though because we never got adjusted. So by the time that we got home, we
1: were still on Yeah, <laughs> like you're we're, still we're, tired.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I mean, I'd love to hear, Um, you know, it's so sort of cool that I met you guys. And actually, yeah, that's right, because I introduced you to Amanda because you were like neighbors, but you weren't aware of it at the clinic. You know, they obviously try to keep people separate for privacy reasons. They don't run around introducing people. But since I knew, I'd, I'd communicated with both of you, but I was meeting both of you in person for the first time while I was there with my wife's aunt, uh, getting her treatment, um, and doing some other, you know, stuff there as well, like filming and uh, just catching up and trying to figure out my sequel. It was really kind of cool to see uh, the two of you meet. And like, it's cool that you've been both staying in touch, which is always a great scenario, which I, I hope that would also, cause I like doing that if possible, because you know, you kind of like, okay, I'm going by myself to this foreign land to get this treatment that no one seems to understand. And wow, boom, you have another parent there with the same, there for the same reasons that you can stay in touch with, you know, you guys are now, you know, yep. can be buddies and compare notes and you know. that Yeah, you definitely. Can, yeah. Uh,
1: Amanda's experience with us is like identical to what our experience with her was. Like, and like I, I, you know, listened to the podcast with with you and Amanda, and that's I did like exactly what we talked about. As soon as we saw each other on the bus, we were like. They're from America. They have to be. And why else <laughs> would you come here <laughs> like, if you weren't going to MSL? So, and then we never saw her again. And then same thing, like Amanda said, when they were like, "Oh, have you, have you." I think you came to the room and said, "This other woman's here with her son. She's from America. You might have, you know, you guys meet." And I was, I mean, we both looked at each other like, "It's got to be her. It's got to be the girl from the bus." <laughs>
0: so awesome. Yeah. So it's been three months, which of course is what they say. You know, it'll take three months before you might notice anything. I would kind of similar to what Amanda talked about. I would love to you to um, kind of talk about you know what it was like um, with Jacks. You call him Jacks, right? You know, it's Jackson. Jax, yep. yeah, cool. yeah. His name's and We call him Jacks. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you know what he was like. What you're, I don't know, kind of hoping to get out of it. What has become of it? Um, you know, just I would just love to kind of hear your take on it. I mean, you're with um, Jacks, you know, every day, so you know you would know, you know, if you notice anything.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess. You want to start with, like, a little bit, like, a brief background on Jackson and his diagnosis, Yes,
0: Actually, you know, before you do, I could do it later, but I just remembered. I would love to hear, actually, because I was pleasantly surprised to hear that you are, like, in the medical profession, right? Correct. I would just love to hear your take on, like, or maybe, like, okay, here you're used to a pretty well-run American medical system and people can argue whatever, but I think for the most part, it's a pretty decent medical system as far as like technology and all that. I'm just kind of curious to hear your take on what you saw there, maybe compared to what you were expecting. I don't know. I'm just sort of like hear your take on that overall.
2: Okay. Well, we had no idea what to expect. And as we pulled into the facility, The facility looked very nice from the outside. When we had entered the building, they, like, asked us to cover our shoes, and everyone, like, greeted us politely, and they had an interpreter there. Took us up to the room. They did have the doctor come in, and she actually reviewed his health systems and any concerns, which I thought was nice that they didn't just take the paperwork and, you know, put it to the side. They actually reviewed everything that we had sent them and, you know, asked if there was any changes, etc. I liked the fact that you know everything was clean. I thought they did a nice job with the IVs and everything else. I thought they had decent supplies. I was worried about that. For the most part, I thought everything was you know well done, and they were they did a nice job, and they had everything that we needed, and they answered all the questions appropriately, and they seemed well educated in you know body systems and the fetal um, stem cells and what exactly they would do, and, and what are things that we should look for that kind of thing. They did make a list of suggestions for us to do post-treatment, which I thought was nice that we were, you know, working on some of that stuff. One of the biggest obstacles that we found with one of the treatments they told us to continue post-treatment would be the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in the U.S., it's mostly used for wound healing.
0: Yeah.
2: And it would be, like, impossible for insurance to cover it and for us to get a script for him to continue the hyperbaric oxygen. But for the most part, I thought they did a really nice job, and we didn't have any complaints. I was super skeptical because I'm like, you know, they can't give you the insert of a package of a drug, and, you know, you can read, like, this is, you know, this is what's in it. This is adverse side effects. You know, you kind of have to trust them a little bit of actually what they're injecting into your child, which is somewhat
0: nerve-wracking sure yeah. that's completely understandable absolutely yeah yeah in the new clinic which uh just opened the way they i mean and i don't know if it really solves that concern but their new lab is going to have like multi panes of glass where the if the patient wants to go up there's like an obs like an observatory, so they can see what's going on in the lab. I mean, they did that, you know, just because everybody asks, like, how do we know what you're giving us? Can I see your lab? And of course they say, we can't have you running around our lab. It's an incredibly sterile environment. We can't be just like parading people back there. So I don't know, hopefully that will put some people at ease. And I think I told you too, when I met you, I don't know if it helps, but I've, I've been in there and I wore all this, you know, the outfit and went in there um, and filmed and all of that. But And I saw, you know, I I saw them being harvested that part. They wouldn't physically let me film, but I did see it. So it is legitimate. I've seen them coming in, you know, the, the material, I've seen the material coming in, in coolers, you know, so, yeah.
2: I thought they explained everything very well. They, you know, this is what we're gonna do. Then after this, you're gonna do this, and then at the conclusion, we're gonna give you blah blah blah, and you're gonna go home. Then tomorrow, when you come back, we're gonna go do this and this in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Then you're done. So they kind of like gave you a rough itinerary, so you did know what to expect, which was also nice. Well,
0: what is your position? What is your position as a medical professional? I forgot. Is like a surgery, <laughs> a surgeon assistant. <laughs> I am
2: a nurse anesthetist, so I do the anesthesia and
0: the LR. Okay, so I knew it had something to do with surgery. That was right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. Okay, cool. All right.
2: Yeah. So, a little bit on about Jackson. He was um, full term birth, born on his due date, normal child, developed normally. Until about 18 months, we kind of noticed that he wasn't really responding to his name. He had. You know, he was on track for speech, but then kind of started getting quiet where he didn't say as much. At that point, he had a previous ear infection with fluid on his ears, so we sought the ENT route. Of course, he was, you know, a hyperactive child. We couldn't get an accurate hearing test. They suggested the tubes. Um, We did the tubes with no change in his hearing or his speech. So we kept, you know, searching. We did early intervention We did outpatient speech. Once we got to the outpatient speech, they kind of said, you know, there's a couple red flags here. He's toe walking, he's seeking sensory stimulus, he's not speaking. They recommended doing occupational therapy and then developmental pediatrician. At that time, I guess it was about two and a half, he finally got his diagnosis and was put on the spectrum. At three years old, he was put into an autism preschool program it seems like New Jersey has one of the highest rates of autism in children. So, the like speaking with Amanda and asking what Matt gets for you know school and everything else, it's like undeniable how much New Jersey does for kids with autism. He's in a preschool program where he gets speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. He gets behavioral therapy at home. He does he does a lot. So um, prior to going to Ukraine he was improving each day you know he slowly was making progress after we got home from the Ukraine we noticed a couple changes we were like oh wow he's getting dressed by himself that's you know that's an improvement he's starting to say a little bit more we were getting notes home from school because he had just started school in September that he was doing such a good job and um he was focusing more and you know his balance and coordination was getting better so it was kind of funny because we kept you know looking at each other like is this the stem cells like it's only been a month you know or is this him just improving from the continuous therapy that he was involved in and then three months out i would say that his speech has probably tripled Mm -hmm. he's Currently uses a speech device where he pushes buttons where he can speak to us. So he can tell us his wants and his needs by doing that. Um, He's been using more of the vocabulary that's on the speech device and he's been approximating more and more words. Um, He's even using, he's actually saying words instead of um, just approximating most of them. So we've seen a lot of change in his speech, which was. Primarily, one of the big concerns that we have um, with autism, you can be anywhere on the spectrum. So you could be, you know, very behavioral, non-communicative. His biggest thing was his speech, um, and he's somewhat sensory seeking. So he likes to make himself dizzy, and he uh, walks on his toes and that kind of stuff. But it's funny because we just have constantly, every day, see more and more improvements from him which is, you know, really amazing. I am
0: unfamiliar with the, the mechanism he's using to spe- to make speech. When you say he's physically speaking, is he, are you saying that he's not using the machine?
2: So prior to it's a tablet, which um, they use motor planning. So he can say, I want apples. I want blah, blah, blah. Or he can tell us to run, or he can tell us, um, you know, a bunch of, adjectives and verbs and nouns by pushing buttons on it looks like a tablet. So since we've been home, um he will say he'll approximate words like he'll say I love you.
0: I love you. Yeah!
2: <laughs> so it's not a clear I love you, mm-hmm. but um he's more phonetically speaking now. He will say, like, mommy, daddy, and those were words that he couldn't communicate before going to treatment. Wow. I think with treatment, we were, like, hoping to come home the next day. He's going to be like, hey, guys, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) You know,
1: that's so 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 to to elaborate on that a little bit, though, we got home on a Sunday, so we had gotten— to go back a little bit, um, we didn't tell his teachers or therapists. We told no one about this because we don't want any
0: anyone who works with Jackson on a daily basis to be looking for improvements. Right, that's we good. We it to kind of, you
1: know what I mean? We wanted to be like unbiased.
0: Like, very, very good call. Yeah.
1: So he went to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I want to say, and Thursday – We get an email from one of his teachers that says, we were pulling Jackson on a wagon today through the hallway in school, and he saw an owl on the wall and said, owl, who, who, like, you know, like the owl sound. Mm -hmm. And he had never said that word ever before. So (laughs) right away, we're like, oh, there's the miracle we were looking for. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, I guess nobody can really say if that was the stem cells or not the stem cells, but I can— definitively say that he had never said that word ever before
2: no and Um, we have read that owl book a million times we
1: have an owl book at home that we read him like like every other night and he had never said the word owl or approximated like the sound of an owl and did both completely spontaneously so four days after treatment that was pretty exciting it's it's nice too i mean to just to know the amount of money you spent to go there and do this, to just get a little something right away, like a little like gratification, Mm -hmm. um, to be like, okay, all right. I think we, I think we did the right thing here. And then I don't think Ashley talked about, um, his appetite. So Jackson had, I mean, he would eat a rotisserie chicken a week, uh, (laughs) up until he hit that 18 month mark. And then I don't think he ate meat for like two years straight, like just completely just refused to eat it. And that was that, uh, sensory disorder
0: mm-hmm. I, I, we think anyway
1: that he didn't eat meat period or prior to his diagnosis i guess he he was eating pretty much anything you put in front of him um but since we've been back i would say within a month or so i guess he started eating like he's eating like chicken nuggets so he'll, he'll take a bite of a cheeseburger which if you asked me that before we left if he'll ever take a bite of a cheeseburger i couldn't even like picture it Like, never. No. Absolutely not. Wow. Like, I mean, he would literally physically gag if you put it in front of him. Like, he just had no
0: desire. Wow, so it was more than just, I don't like that, like, a kid just doesn't like things. It was, like, literally, like, a physical repulsion.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a sensory issue for him. It's, like, texture. yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. That's that's pretty cool. That's amazing.
1: Um, And then I think what's funny, me and Ashley talked about this last night after listening to your podcast with Amanda. So... Jackson's spelling is like amazing. <laughs> uh <laughs> since I wanna say he probably didn't spell in general no. before this. Yeah, he can probably sp- he can spell words that he can't say.
2: On his device, device as yeah. a like a typewriter.
1: <clears throat> it's, like a, a it's a it's yeah, a So his device when he speaks is I don't think Ashley talks about it, it's it's images basically. Mm-hmm. Um that he touches to get to the word he wants to get to to, to verbalize the word. Mm-hmm. But for spelling, it is essentially a keyboard. So if he hits S, the device will say S. But, I mean, he can, like, spell his name. I'm trying to think of what else <laughs> off the top of my head that he could spell.
2: Um, he spells cat, girl, boy, like a handful of things that yeah. we never, we didn't like, we weren't even working on spelling. He's only four years old. Like, that was the least of our concern. But And he all of a sudden, he's been spelling, like, the little girl's name in his class. We're like, who's Ava? Yeah, he spells Ava <laughs> on
1: his device, and I'm like, Who's <laughs> Apparently she's in class with him. So that was cool. Um, Thanksgiving morning. So Jackson spent is, is obsessed with Sesame Street or was at, at least at an early age and kinda of broke out of it and got is recently getting back into it. But so on Thanksgiving morning, Sesame Street is on and he turns and looks at me and says, Elmo and he's never I mean I, the thousands of episodes of Sesame Street I've had to
0: suffer through, I've, <laughs> I have never heard him say Elmo ever before. And he just turned around and said it clear as day, and he's been saying it ever since. And that was, what, two weeks ago, I guess. Wow.
1: Jackson, who is that? Elmo! Elmo! So it seems like we're seeing something um, on a somewhat weekly basis, I would say. When we just talked about it to the night, we were like, how many words has, did he say Pre-treatment, And we were like, be generous and say 10, mm-hmm. maybe 10 individual words, not put together in a fragment or a sentence. No, but he could never put no. more
2: than two words together. Um,
1: but we were set, talking about the other night. We're like, "He's from 10 words, he's probably closer to 40 words at this point. He I don't want to say easily, but somewhat easily putting two words together um, for sure. Um, if he, like if he wants me to get up, he'll say dad up. In my, in, in my opinion anyway, ma- major – uh, change if you know from from where he was just if you would have asked me before if uh if i thought that this was possible i would have said yes but i don't think i would have said in three months it will be or or four or five months you know even just as simple as uh we just transitioned him out of the crib and into a regular bed like a was a full i guess yeah. so a full like a regular kid's bed i guess mm-hmm. you know adult bed or small adult bed whatever you want to call it um I remember talking to Ashley about this and saying, I can't ever picture him getting out of this crib. Like, (laughs) we're going to need like an adult crib at some point. Like, there's just, I just never thought that he, and we did it in, in the night we transitioned him. He was fine. Went to bed, not an issue, and hasn't been an issue since. And that was again a couple weeks two, three weeks ago maybe.
0: Yeah. Wow what was his did, did he just not like regular quote regular beds versus cribs? like it help? No, this- he
1: loved his crib, but we just felt like he would there there was absolutely zero chance he would stay in a bed mm-hmm. if it didn't have walls uh-huh. like baby, like baby jail basically like I was like, I don't know, I couldn't picture that. I could never picture him sitting in his bed and saying it's nighttime, go to bed and him just staying there if it wasn't boxed in.
0: Uh
2: i think he felt safe in there Mm -hmm. and he also slept against the rails of the bed because i think he liked the pressure of the rails going to sleep so i think the open bed was probably had to seem somewhat scary to him because he's he likes the pressure of you know the side rails going to sleep and now he had really nothing to lean on and he just went to sleep
0: tell me his age again He's four. He's four. And was he four when you were there? He, has he, had a he had just turned four. He
2: turned four in August and we went September.
0: Okay. So, yeah, this is a question I asked Amanda. I'm sure you heard me ask. Um, I just, because it's such a challenging question. So I was like, okay, if you talk to somebody about this and they would be like, well, how do you know? I mean, it's the therapy. How do you know? I mean, it's just, how do you know? It's not just, even though he's been di- given this diagnosis, but, you know, he's just not getting older, you know, like he's, you know, because kids develop fast. Like, I'm just kind of curious to hear your take on that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I think for me, I'm I'm kind of a person who likes instant gratification and we weren't, we were obviously weren't getting that with Jax in terms of all his treatments and stuff. I mean, like Ashley said, New Jersey's pretty awesome um, in that sense of Jackson was getting a ton. I mean, occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy. Yeah, it's a lot to drive him back and forth all over the place. But then he's getting it in school also now. And But I don't think we were really seeing like... Yes, we were seeing results. I don't want to say we weren't seeing results. We were seeing gradual results over time, but I feel like this trip to Ukraine to, to MCEL, significantly boosted the results, or uh, I, don't, I don't know how you want to say, like just
2: boosted the progress that he was already. Yeah, I mean, if,
1: like, if somebody asked me to put a time on it, I would have to say like his results or his progress in the last three months is probably what I would have pictured in like 18 months, 24 months, Mm -hmm. you know, like where he'd be like, and like, I I just explained, like if you asked me some of the things he's doing now, if you asked me if he would ever do them, I might've even questioned it, you know, sure. prior to treatment. So maybe Ashley has something different. I don't know.
2: Well, he started (laughs) speech therapy when he was 18 months old. And from 18 months to three years old, he went to speech therapy two times a week, and we maybe saw a five-word increase. I was
1: gonna say we're up to ten words now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pre 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 yeah. cell, yeah. so three, you know, a year and a half to get ten words, and we're at forty words in three months post treatment. So. Yeah,
2: I think, and I think his progress has kind of touched on all bases. Like, it's not just speech, it's speech, it's sensory, it's tracing, it's spelling, it's eye contact, it's the want to interact with, you know, kids, that kind of stuff. It's it's all over, you know, on all basis that he's just, you know, continues to
0: improve. I'd love to hear more if, if there is more as far as, because um, what I think is interesting, which you've already touched upon, is, you know, you're with Jax all the time. you No one knows Jax better than you. But you do have, but I guess he hasn't been in school that long. Like this is the first year of school, correct? What I'm looking for no, is, no. This
1: is second.
0: Okay, second year. Okay. He
1: started at three, which is actually nice because it's it's the same teachers and therapists uh-huh. from last year.
0: That's what and I'm getting at. This year. Yeah, I'm yes. curious to hear more. I mean, by the way, have you told anyone yet? Have we kept it? No. Okay. Not cool. Long. Cool. No. Cool. Cool. Again, if there is any more, I mean, I would love to hear more of that because that's I always find that really interesting to hear. If you can, you know, you know, kind of like what Amanda was saying with her. Uh, child's therapist, just what other people have noticed. Because that's, even with people for other conditions, like um, even people that have nothing to do with autism, like adults that go there for this or that or the other. And sometimes the spouse goes, honey, you just walked a whole flight of stairs without groaning. Like, what you see what you just did? Like, like you know, like stuff like that. I'm just kind of curious to see what the other teachers have noticed. Yeah. Well,
2: his he would get one um one day of physical therapy a week Mm -hmm. and his physical therapist emailed us maybe like two months ago and said you know jackson has shown so much improvement and is so eager to learn and do the therapy she even asked us to increase this therapy to two times a week and his occupational therapist told us about a month ago that she was going to incorporate another child from the inclusion preschool who does not have autism into some of his occupational sessions because he was showing such a eagerness and readiness to work with other kids I mean it's like I said it's they write something in his book or they're emailing us you know every other week saying like how well he's doing and how much improvement he is showing they said like prior to this he couldn't sit in his chair for you know more than two minutes but now he'll sit in his chair for fifteen minutes and trace letters and spell his name. They're just constantly giving us good feedback
0: that is super awesome that is super exciting how How does it feel to kind of sort of know that you you know that you've done this and you're not no one knows <laughs> does anybody know like does your like Our
1: f- friends friends and family know I'm okay. um, not the word like hiding it for any particular reason. I think we wanted to be confident that it worked and mm-hmm. if it does. Uh, I have to be careful what I say because I have a job with the government, but shame on you, uh, United States. Yeah. Um, this does work and works quite a bit, and you just can't get it here. We've already been
2: talking yeah. about our next trip back. Yeah. Like, okay, if we, if he's shown <clears throat> so much progress with just one treatment, then, you know, maybe we need more cells to multiply to kind of reverse this damage that's you know, has been done.
0: Yeah. Well, it goes without saying, I mean, each therapy builds on the next and that's why they don't recommend you going more often than every nine to 12 months because you need to have an opportunity for the first therapy to completely, you know, work itself through and like Correct. not to stem cell of America will treat you every month if you pay for it, which is, oh, sure. M cell sure. was horrified when they heard that they could not believe if, if they are giving real cells, which would just be, you know, I can kind of vouch for this, the, the reality of them building upon themselves aside from just meeting many people that have that, because if it works the first time and they keep going back and as long as it works within your budget, of course, that's a whole nother challenge. But um, you know, it's like, if it worked great the first time, it's, you know, if we can afford the second time, it's, it almost, I've never heard of anybody saying who it worked the first time for that. Oh, the second time didn't do anything. Like it's always kind of keeps building on the last and it keeps piling on as far as the improvements that of course, combined with, you know, his ability to learn easier and, and absorb more information and everything that you've described. But like, like that I ever hear about, did you ever hear about my telomere testing? Never talked about this. It was in my lecture. I talked about it. This isn't something the clinic offers. But um, when I was getting my therapy... Um, the first time they didn't do it, but they did measure my telomeres. They said, we're working on a study because we want to be able to prove that the cells stay in, a, in in the patient. It's like, we have, you know, we firmly believe they do based on all this data. That how could it not stay in the patient? Because this the the hard line skeptic will say, no, you're going to have a genetic re- reaction and the cells are going to, the body's going to kick them out. We're like, well, if that's true, why isn't the patient running a fever? Why isn't the patient getting sick? The patient's fine. Like there's nobody, if anything, they get the cells and nothing happens. Like the worst that happens, like they don't find any. The improvement, but they don't get they don't get bad. Because if you have a rejection, you're getting biology, you're gonna get sick. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Ashley? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so, what I was nervous about. Yeah. Well, my point is is that is that um I had the second year I went, they uh said, Okay, uh Eric, we're gonna um test your telomeres and compare it to your year before, because we're doing a clinical study, as I started saying. Does, we think that if we can measure the telomeres using the fish flow method, I'm not talking about the tele years and the commercial telomere testing, which cannot be trusted, by the way, I've, I've, I've compared those, but that's a whole okay. other conversation. But if using like the, the fish flow method, which is, you can't even get a commercial test of this where it measures, measures the telomeres down to the white blood cell level. Do you know what a telomere is obviously, Ashley, or? Yeah. Okay, cool. I figured. Uh, so. They're like, okay, um, your telomeres went from like five point something to like seven point something, right? I'm like, that's fascinating. And it doesn't mean that mine grew. What that means is is that, 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 that some cells you were inje- I was injected with and what Jax was injected with, they're brand new like cells. They're brand new full length telomere cells at the time of harvesting. There's a whole another long road like, well, because the telomeres can be different lengths during the gestation period, but they know based on seeing them. With their own equipment, that these are full length, like they're like brand new, like pop them out of the cellophane, tell them your lengths. So with those combined with mine, the all the machinery can do is average, is do the average. It's all they can do. They can't decipher this is you know they don't. I'm sure the technology exists, but we don't. They're not. They don't have the ability to go. Okay, these are the fetal stem cells and these are erish original cells. They can't do that. They just go blank. What's the average? And my average jumped from five point something to seven point something. I can't remember the unit of measurement. Then the third year they jump from 7 point something to like 8.7. like So I'm talking like in the fives to eight in, in three years. <laughs> so um, you would right. think that if a clever, you know, entrepreneur wanted to scam the public, you're like, look at these results. And they'd probably, you know, try to figure out a way to sell telomere lengthening, but it's not lengthening the telomeres. <laughs> it just shows that the telomere, my average length appear to be growing. Like, it's like I'm getting younger, but I'm not because the reality is my original telomeres are still there and I'm going to age probably the way I, anyone would age at my age and health level, whatever. But these new new Telomeres are mingling inside of me from the original fetal. The point is, is that they're there three, at least three years later from the first round. Because how could they not be? If because the average keeps getting longer. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. going back to what you were saying, and you know, what I was trying to say is, I mean, I can't think of a better way to kind of say yes, they're they're still there. And the thing is that they do. Um, I don't understand it entirely, but talking to a lot of professionals that seem to understand stem cells outside of M cell is. And is that, you know, they can go dormant, like, it's like our own cells are dormant in our bone marrow, and they wait till something happens, and they go, poof, they fly out and they start repairing things. So that's another thing is that the myth of like, how, how many millions of cells did they give? Like, you know, that's not important, because if you even gave a billion cells, it doesn't make any difference, because you don't need that many, you have to give the right amount for the body to take and, and you know, and do its thing, you, like yeah. overloading the body with all these billions of cells isn't the answer. It's like it's about the balance. And, of course, we're all programmed that way. It's like, well, did you take a 400-milligram Tylenol or 800-milligram Tylenol? You know, it's like we're all used to drugs. Like, the higher the dosage, the more the effect. It's not that way with these cells. It's about the balance. But, anyway, I'm kind of on a long-winded thing there. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> encourage you to go, obviously, if it doesn't break the bank, because it's, I just there's no reason to think that the second treatment wouldn't build upon the first. So, yeah. I think we can say that there's no doubt in either of our minds that, uh, that it worked for, I guess for people who are like skeptical or
1: questioning, I'm probably as skeptical as they come. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I I don't see how he could ever be where he is today, um, without going there. Honestly,
0: it's the skeptical ones that I really like, um, talking to the most, especially you actually being in the medical profession and, um, you still made the decision to go because I know that you wanted to try to make, to find something that would help him. But I'm sure you were like, "Oh my God, what are we doing?" Like I'm injecting my four-year-old son in this foreign biology. Like, "Oh my God, what have I done?" You know, it's like I totally get we were, it. I totally we get were it.
2: Sitting in the bed, and I was still researching stuff in,
0: yeah. in the bed in Ukraine before they even injected. Yeah. I was still freaking How out. <clears> throat> throat> here we this. Right. <laughs> I, I actually I went on their Facebook page,
2: and I was looking for people who were commenting. Mm -hmm. And I was sending people Facebook messages that were making comments on their thing, asking them because they said they had gone. I wanted the results that they got. I was sending people Facebook messages because,
0: you know, I was scared. Sure. It's completely understandable. Like, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, you know, when I was making the movie and I, I had assumed... I still was planning on tracking down m and I also thought I was going to get Stemetica on camera. But I started with this other place, Stem Cell of America, because they were the easiest to access. And um, one of the patients I met along the way said, Eric, why haven't you gotten the cells? And I went, uh, I never really thought about that. And he's like, well, how can you make this movie and not get the cells? And I went, you know what? You're absolutely right. (laughs) And this is around the time that I was badgering MCell because they did not want me to, they were like, because the affiliation of SimCell America and MCell because they stole it from them back in the 90s, they were like, oh, now there's another member of the media, you know, that claims that he wants to come over here and like tell a story and what, and now he's going to, what is this, is he working for this guy, this Eric guy? Like they didn't know. So, but long story short, after much convincing to let me in their world, and a lot of it had to do with me revealing to them all the, the, you know the the you know the stuff that was happening at Stems of America and saying, look, I don't think this place is above board at all. But the point is, I said, look, I want to film myself getting this therapy, and I said, I want to put it in this movie, and like that's kind of like what kind of like finally pushed it over the edge. And uh, I'm really happy I did. i you know, so yeah. yeah. It's always nice to. If, you know, seeing that as you watch it, you're like, "Oh, well, he did it right And, <laughs> he's <still> alive, and <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't like I was scared to do it. it was just it never occurred to me. It just never hit me like because, like i'm I feel okay, I'm pretty good, I have a pretty decent life, I don't have it, but I will admit um that it 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 like tr- totally propelled my ability to concentrate and my energy and my ability to deal with stress and everything that I had never expected. I was just going through the motions, I did not think about it. And all of a sudden, you know, around three months in, I'm just like, what is going on? This is amazing. And, of course, the first thing, as I mentioned in the lecture, is like the first thing a, a man notices is libido. And a lot of it has to do with the new capillaries and the new blood vessels that are formed in the body because of the cells. In addition to some, I'm assuming, some hormonal balances that occur but i'm like oh my god i'm a college kid again this is so crazy like <laughs> like, like what is happening to me um, and that was like a big like the big one i was like and again they didn't warn me i did, you know i started emailing them like oh yes don't you know eric don't you, you know they're supposed to boost your libido i was like no i didn't think about that <laughs> <laughs> your voice like- right okay, calm down, Eric. Right, no, seriously, seriously, <laughs> and if anything, it was, as I said in my lecture, it was a distraction, because you know, when you're a college kid, you're crazy, you don't have many responsibilities, and you're always, it's always on your mind, but when you're in your 40s, you got things to do, you don't have time to be thinking <laughs> yeah. about sex all the time, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so you and Amanda are the first, uh, you're, you and Amanda and her son are the really? first two fans, yeah, no would, one, you know, it's, I would it's, want to tell like the world, if, if Jackson <sighs> Like, start speaking in sentences. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, thank you so much. Please stay in touch, Ashley and Mike. And I really wish the best. And I hope you give me updates on Jax. And if you do go back next year, because of my sequel. Um, I might be there. I'm definitely going to be in there in the spring, which might be too soon for you guys, but I, I'm probably going to be back again late in the summer or the fall. I won't be making as many trips because I'll be doing a lot of traveling throughout the U S following these, these patients before and after treatment. And, um, but you know, because of my wife's family there being from that region, I'll be back. Hope it'd be cool to to time it because I could love, I would love maybe even when Amanda and Matt is there, if that's possible. And I'd love to get more footage with you guys and, you know, we'll have it in the can and maybe one day we'll do something with it. I don't know, you know, uh, other yeah, than, you yeah, know. that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool. All right, thanks a lot, you guys. Have a great evening. All right, thank you. Yeah. You too. All right, you, guys? Check out tomorrow. You, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah tomorrow. Okay. in the morning. All right, well, stay in touch. I, I will. will. Yeah, thank let you. Let me again. know if you need anything, whatever. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
2: You're breaking on getting them open? Nice meeting you.
0: Guys. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah.
2: Thank
0: you. Good luck. Thanks again. It was a pleasure. Yeah. As a quick addendum to this conversation, Mike and Ashley talked about how Jax was spelling on his device. But in the few weeks that passed since I made this recording, Jax is now spelling on his own, the old-fashioned way. That was episode 8 of the God Cells podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you know someone with type 2 diabetes and wants to take a chance at maybe getting this therapy for free in exchange for allowing me to film them, please get in touch. Feel free to email me and ask me anything. Eric at ericmerola.com. That's E-R-I-C at E-R-I-C-M-E-R-O-L-A.com. And a happy, happy new year into 2020 to everyone.